0: The markets, we just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of
1: your wealth and investment strategy.
0: Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts,
1: The Finance Coast and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets.
0: For those looking to take their market and business knowledge to the next level, we offer Magic Markets Premium, a research reports and podcast library that nearly has 100 reports in it and a new one every week. All available for just 99 rand a month. Recent reports have included the likes of Kroger, Deer & Co, Footlocker, McDonald's, UPS, Apple, Meta, Johnson & Johnson, and Swatch. With broad variety and deep research, this is perfect for anyone looking to go to the next level. We invite you to join us in Magic Markets Premium. Go to magic-markets.com to subscribe. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by B2IT. Have you heard of robotic process automation, or RPA? It taps into the incredible potential of artificial intelligence to effortlessly handle those never-ending, monotonous tasks. Or as B2IT put it, they make robots, so people don't have to be robots. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. We thank B2IT for their support of Magic Markets. Welcome to episode 143 of Magic Markets and in case you've been living under a rock for the last month or so we've kind of changed the format a little bit where we've been covering two different global stocks in each of our shows except for where we have a guest. For example, we had Justin Brophy from Anbro last week and that was really cool. We chatted through their new sort of investment product and how that covers the 100 most valuable brands in the world in a single investment. Go and listen to it if you missed out but also go and listen to the few shows that came before that because we actually have covered a few really interesting US stocks. It's not any different today, Mo. I think we picked two techie businesses with a bit of a cloud software as a service kind of model. And I think
1: it's going to be pretty interesting to talk through the the recent performance. Indeed, Ghost. I'm really enjoying this new format because it's it's forcing us into the discipline of re-looking at stocks that we may have covered in Magic Markets Premium as they come out with new results. I mean, the market's dynamic. Things change. They move all the time. And the two stocks we're going to be discussing now have reported fairly recently. So in fact, just last week, we had Adobe. Uh, Some of you might know that name from, you know, it's your PDF reader, but it's so much more than your PDF reader. And we're going to tell you a little bit about that. Adobe had results out last week. But, you know, I think it was the week before that we had a similar company in the software as a service industry, which is Salesforce. And that's the one you're going to be covering Ghost. So, you know, I'm going to jump right in maybe with an intro, you know, for those that are maybe unfamiliar with it, you know, Adobe, like I say, it's more than just your PDF reader, if you want to call it that. In fact, when we covered the stock in Magic Markets Premium some time ago, we actually described it as a Microsoft like company for creatives. Now, the thing I want to land here is that all of these businesses, including Microsoft, have transitioned into a software as a service business. It's about subscription revenue. It's about recurring revenue that comes through. And at the time we had covered Adobe, it was a company that was growing different types of market segments. They had this premium valuation, sure, in the share price, but that also allowed them to offer this premium pricing that they were then sending through to their customers. It's a company that's really reliant on marketing spend, and at the time we had covered it, we saw it as kind of fair value, not really expensive, not cheap, but definitely a good long-term play. Now, this was back in June 2022. The stock was around $369 at the time. It was 50%, yes 5 5-0, 50% off its highs at that time. And from that time, it then fell all the way down to a support two level that we had had around $266 before bouncing, and then actually reached our resistance one, our resistance two, based on what we had covered back then. So that's just a quick recap of what is Adobe? Where did it come from? Why are we even talking about this very interesting company? And I'm not gonna get into my three points just yet, Ghost, but there's some very interesting things happening here that got the market excited, maybe a little too excited, And that resulted in a, wait for it, 80% return over the last year. So that should whet your appetite for what's about to come in terms of the rest of the discussion. What about Salesforce, Ghost?
0: So Salesforce, it's not the PDF reader on your computer, but the ticker is CRM. And that's the clue, right? This is the Customer Relationship Management Software Leader. But it's also a really, really interesting hidden gem from an artificial intelligence perspective. So I'm not gonna dive into that now because then I'm kind of uh, lifting the veil on my first point here. But this thing is up 58% year to date. How much did you say Adobe was? Adobe
1: was close on 80%, right? But that was over one year. So on on, on, on year to date, 56 on Adobe. So you said Salesforce up how much? 58, 58. Now, not that this is a competitive ah, okay. thing because
0: it's not like, <laughs> to be clear, it's not like you choose Adobe and I choose Salesforce. We just picked two companies to. Look at, but obviously, if I can win by 200 basis points, clearly I'm not going to say no. So, you know, we'll pretend it was a competition, and I've pipped you there 58% up this year. Either way, if you owned either of these companies. You've had a happy
1: 2023. Yeah, Ghost, I'm going to take the wind out of your sails because we only covered Salesforce in June, 2023. So you don't quite get that year-to-date performance. Sorry, but if I had like a bad sound effect, I'd play it right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> the blooper, the ba-ba-ba. Now, 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 now this, this is the competitive side of us coming through. But just, just a quick recap on this one, just in terms of numbers. We covered it fairly recently. Now, at the time, it was around $213 a share. Well, guess what? It's around 215 now, so not very exciting. You've got about $2 in the share price, maybe a percent. would rather have $2 than have no dollars. I'll tell you that for free, especially in rands. <laughs> That's enough to buy a hamburger. But the important point to note is that it's still consolidating around that 200-week moving average. That was the key takeaway when we had covered this back in June of this year, and it's still consolidating. It's still testing that. And the reason I want to highlight that, goes before we get into our three points respectively, is that sometimes people expect a flip a switch. I'm going to get immediate results. That's not what investing is about. Sometimes, even if you're doing the technicals, these stocks work around some of these levels for quite some time before they see the catalyst to move in either direction. So that's just a, a point I want to land on that. I'm going to jump back to my three points and going back to Adobe on this, Ghost. First point is, is maybe a little bit of a downer in that John Warnock, now this is a name that might be familiar to longtime Magic Markets listeners because we had included it in our show on Adobe back when we covered it last year. John Warnock was on the board of Adobe, but why is John Warnock important is John Warnock was actually the creator of the PDF as we know it, the actual file protocol. He developed the technology. He was one of the founders of Adobe and was on the board of the company, but unfortunately, at the time of the recording, actually passed away exactly a month ago. Now, he was old, he was 82 years old, but it's just something in the back of your minds to to just keep a note that some of that institutional memory tends to get lost. Is that a problem when it comes to Adobe? In short, I would say no, because we highlighted again when we cover the stock, and this is my first point now, is that the company is headed up by the CEO who's Shantanu Narayan, and Shantanu Narayan is only the second CEO since John Warnock founded the company. So still a very strong institutional memory coming through a very solid, solid management team. There hasn't been the kind of friction that we've seen, you know, the back and forth. In fact, we we we'd covered Starbucks, for example, in a recap in our premium show this week. They've had a lot of, you know, very tumultuous time in terms of management there. The founder had to come back three times and now they finally got a new CEO. But that's not the case with Adobe. And that's the first point I want to land on is that, Still a solid management team. And despite the fact that the founder has actually passed on, uh, this was a founder-led business, but has definitely transitioned well beyond that into a power player in the software as a services space.
0: Speaking of power players, I'm going to hit you with how strong Salesforce is in artificial intelligence, the buzzword of the year. So the point here is they actually are really strong. And when we covered this in, in June, 2023, I think the biggest surprise for us probably was just how strong they are in terms of how well AI just fits into their business. At the time we covered this company, it was literally all that anyone could talk about, right, was AI, and I think that's still largely the case. Recent investor conferences clear focus on the side of the business, so let me explain why it's so interesting. The overall point of artificial intelligence is you are taking data and you are taking some kind of large language model that learns from it and delivers insights, and you are marrying those two things. Now, ChatGPT is just one such example of a model. But without the data the model is irrelevant this is not a chicken and egg thing without the data the model is worthless now what does Salesforce have they have data first and foremost they have the data and they've been trusted with the most sensitive data imaginable by corporates for a zillion years now and that is their customer information so when you have that deep level of trust clients can then use one of Salesforce's own large language models to actually do something with the data they have something called Einstein Or they can bring their own models to it and actually plug it into the Salesforce data. So Salesforce is investing in AI venture funds, for example. And here it just makes a world of sense. They don't know what's going to pop out from that. And all they need is one or two superstar products that find their way into a sort of Salesforce marketplace. And it can make all the difference because this is a software as a service type business. And so you can just plug these things in. And of course they were a pioneer of software as a service. They were doing that way before Adobe picked it up. So it's not surprising that they are at the forefront of AI as well. In fact, the Salesforce exec actually suggested at a recent conference that Salesforce might have a, a world where, you know, they take client data and they actually predict the health of that consumer in the future, that customer, with a proactive outbound sales plan and suggested actions. Now, look, this is all very pie in the sky stuff. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Do you really want to bet against technology? Within reason, I would say, no, you don't. So the fact that the group does tend to be ahead of the pack and when they're talking about stuff like this, I would pay attention to it. If you are looking for something with an AI theme, this is actually one of the best ways to get it, even though no one talks about Salesforce as an AI winner. And to just bring that point home, they actually describe data, wait for it, as the currency of the enterprise today. Smart.
1: That's so. That's very on point. And in fact, Ghost, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I'll give you the point in that, Salesforce was the company that literally invented software as a service, as a business model. So I'll give that one to you. The reason I'm going to throw this one at you, my next point, is that you forced me to bring it up from point three to point two because you mentioned AI early. So I'm going to say This is getting competitive. This was
0: never meant to be competitive. It's when I started beating <laughs> you by 200 basis points here today, then I could see you started to get uncomfortable. Does your AI
1: at Salesforce have a cool name? Because I can tell you something Adobe's AI does have a cool name it's called Firefly right that's yeah, no, <laughs> not bad not bad so I'll get it's better uh, than Einstein Einstein is awful that's terrible it's better than Einstein so so, so let's talk about Firefly right so I've been very cynical about AI because companies out there literally just throw AI into the mix and they, oh, we're doing something in AI. And I think you've highlighted the point that Salesforce may be not in that bucket, but neither is Adobe. You know, Adobe is not just throwing AI as a buzzword. They've actually got the market excited about Firefly. Now, what is Firefly? It's a product where they're using generative AI to effectively generate images. Now this plugs in, we're talking about big data and how it plugs into big data. This plugs into massive stock image libraries and it also plugs into a whole bunch of stock images where the licensing has maybe lapsed or expired. So it gives them a massive database that they're able to mine and use that in terms of generating images. I've got a couple of numbers here. Firefly generated 2 billion images so far. Remember, this is a fairly recent development. And of that, wait for it, one billion of those were in the last month alone. So that's the power of when you flick the switch, how much of demand actually comes through. Now, why do I raise this as my second, and probably a very important point, I was saving it for last, is that this is not just pie in the sky. It has also allowed the company to put on the table a hike in its pricing of its products by including these AI tools in the product suite of 10%. They've hiked price 10%. 10%. It's called taking price. And that price increase isn't yet in the numbers. It's coming through in November. So this is how you take AI as a concept. You deliver it, you plug it into your existing product set, and you start to monetize it. That starts to come through very quickly in terms of numbers, in terms of results. The market got a little excited about the Firefly, the AI story but it will lead into my next talking point, which I'm not going to jump into quite yet.
0: So basically Adobe is now too expensive for struggling creatives. And then to make it worse, they are putting creatives out of business and hiking the price. So my company Mo is helping people sell more and your company is putting creatives on the street. (laughs) I mean, I'm still ahead here. I'm, I'm absolutely still ahead here. Let me move on to my second point. As lovely as AI is, you know, and noting that I won that, It is also important to remember that large technology firms do come with their own challenges. I'm happy to, you know, you've got to also be gracious in defeat here, and and everyone has problems. Salesforce has problems. And these big businesses do become quite unwieldy organizations, and what can end up happening is they become more focused on the products than the actual customers. So they give a pretty good example of this at the recent conference. The COO talks about internal restructuring, and having sales teams per product can lead to a pretty crummy outcome, where an important client has to suffer through five or six Salesforce meetings. He didn't quite put it like that, I'm putting it like that. And that's not the best experience for customers or the company. So to be clear, if you've got a specialist in each product and you sell a whole lot of different products, that's meeting after meeting after meeting. So what Salesforce is doing now to make that more efficient, and it just makes a lot of sense, is they're actually bundling the products together to address the needs of a specific buyer. So they're actually being client focused here instead of product focused. They're sitting there and saying, okay, in this vertical, What are the products that added together make sense for this type of client? Right, send one person there to go and sell that bundle of products to that customer vertical. That's so logical and it's so obvious when you hear it, but of course it is not that easy to implement at scale. And the point I want to make here is we see these kind of huge corporations, but we forget that efficiency improvements are sometimes just very straightforward ideas that then permeate all the way through the organization. It's not always about coming up with great AI. Sometimes it's about just being sensible with how you sell. And it is mildly funny that Salesforce has to work on how they sell. I mean, if the plumber's taps are not
1: leaking here, then I don't know. Yeah, that's what you get for keeping creatives in business. <laughs> I'm going to come back with, with 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 some competitive spirit here, Ghost, in that... You know, I'm going to that last point, you know, with Adobe, my point, you know, not needing the help in terms of, of of selling, in fact, providing the help to some of the creatives. So going back to that whole comment around AI, the use of stock images, something I found very interesting is that they're also going to be pioneering, paying through some sort of royalty or a revenue stream to creatives whose images are actually used in the, firefly, in the Firefly output that is generated. So guilt, that, money. Guilt, guilt, uh, money. Guilt, guilt money. Guilt yeah, money. Guilt money. Yeah, buy some bread now that you can't <laughs> afford the rent. Here's some crumbs. But as as an unashamed capitalist ghost, I'm going to go into my last point. It focuses a bit on, on the numbers. So the company posted really solid Q3 results. I mean, revenue was up around 10%. It was around $2 billion worth of free cash flow. These are solid numbers. In terms of the various segments they had operated in, cloud coming through with a 13% growth rate and outperforming both digital media and creative. But the disappointment, when the earnings came out, the stock actually fell. You know, it fell, it subsequently bounced. But the disappointment to the market was that the guidance going forward was just in line with what the market expected. It wasn't better. And that's what you get when your stock has actually rallied 80% over the last year, is that it just becomes so much harder to beat What gets baked into the share price? You know, this is a solid set of numbers. A last, maybe interesting point on the numbers is I was actually blown away by the regional contribution. When you look at revenue, yes, we know the U.S. is the big market, it's around 50%, but EMEA, that's Europe, Middle East and Africa, making up around 26%. That was a lot larger than I had anticipated. I would have thought a lot more coming through out of Asia, but that EMEA, 26% stood out for me just in terms of its contribution versus other companies that we've seen and that we've covered it here in in, in Magic Markets. Uh, For me, when you set the bar that high, it's not surprising that the market Gives you a little bit of a punch when you put out those numbers and you're just in line. But over the longer term, I think it's still compelling and a solid set of numbers.
0: Yeah, a solid set of numbers indeed. And before I dive into my last point, Mo, let me ask you this. So I was in matric in 2006, just to make you feel old. So if you had gone and put some money into CRM or Adobe, so Salesforce or Adobe, which one would you be up more?
1: Wow. Okay. That that goes back a long time, right? I I know over five years, I would probably put my money on on Adobe, but uh, going back longer than that, maybe CRM. I remember early days, You know, it was really hot and and off was the darling of the tech world. So uh, because you asked the question, I know where you're going with this. I'm going to then guess it was CRM, right? No, it was CRM. Look,
0: Adobe smashes it over a lot, over pretty much all the lower time periods, but just sometimes you just have to pick the theme and not the stock. So if you'd invested back in 2006, in Salesforce, you'd be up 2,400%. Uh, Adobe, you'd be up 1,300%. So that's a bit nauseating. And uh, that has got nothing to do with my last point, really. I just thought it would be fun. So w- my last point is, when we covered the company in June, we did note this kind of huge jump in operating margin. And this is a direct result of them actually just cutting the fat. So the one chart that we did have in that report basically showed how they make a lot of revenue, but the profits are just not there. So like so many tech companies, it's not that they're, revenue is nonsense, they are making money, cash is coming in, they are just spending it as fast as they are earning it and now they aren't anymore. So how's this for a year-on-year move? Non-GARP operating margin, again non-GARP you've got to feel slightly ill but it's the one I've got for you, that operating margin is up more than a thousand basis points year-on-year to 21.6% so that's more than 10% improvement and we saw much the same thing last quarter as well on a year-on-year basis. So. The one thing you've got to wonder, of course, is that you know tech firms, they love adjusting for stock-based compensation. So don't worry about the actual margin there. Worry about the movement. And cash is kin, of course. So if we look there, cash from operations up 142% to $808 million. So what is going on here? Now, the point is that they've decided it's time to actually make some profit. So they've taken the tough decisions. They've actually had restructuring. And when you are a software-as-a-service business, all you basically do is you just stop spending. That's literally what you do. You can just slow down on a whole bunch of things you were spending on and just unleash these profits. And this is what's been happening now over the past 12 months, which I think is why the share price performance has also been strong, you know, between that and the kind of AI bump. And the good news is that earnings guidance has been strongly upgraded since we covered the stock. So it's now expected to be between $3.50 and $3.52 per share for FY24. That's, you know, obviously this financial year. And on a share price of $215, that is a forward price earnings multiple of, dun dun dun, 61 times. And that is why back in June, we figured that the share price may well go sideways as this multiple unwinds. And that is what has happened for the past three months. It has pretty much gone sideways. So it's a good business, but there's also like the typical techie stuff that goes on there. I've got to say, if you want to buy something with an AI slant for the next sort of five years, kind of like Salesforce, if you're looking for something to make you money short term, we've covered things in Magic Markets that I think are more interesting than Salesforce, but definitely cool to cover a business like this. And at least they aren't putting
1: creatives on the streets, which I think is quite nice. <laughs> Ghost, <laughs> I'll let you have that one. For For, for me, the last point on this is, is, is really just, it's like this tale of two tech companies, right? I mean, you've indicated how Salesforce have flicked a switch, now they're making money. I mean, if, if you look at the, the margins in any of these businesses, you know, even on Adobe, I think the gross margin is in excess of 80%. The net income margin was like 27%. Those are massive, massive margins. I think it's just they've been run so differently that Salesforce used to throw a lot of the money into fueling the future growth. Adobe is always kind of focused on putting that money, leaving it on the table. We have to answer one question and that's because Our listeners have come to us and always said, we've got to cover two things. We've got to say, you know, what's the dividend yield on both of these? Neither pay dividends, so that's an easy one. But the question here is, if you were to pick one of these two stocks, would it be Salesforce or would it be Adobe? Uh, I'm going to go first here because I think it's quite obvious for me. I I like Adobe. I think you've owned Adobe in the past. I like Adobe and at the right price. And again, you've got to really just pick the right levels. Don't overpay for these stocks. But for the longer term prospects, I quite like Adobe because they've got a really interesting subset of products. They've delivered it quite nicely. It's always been a little below the radar, similar to Microsoft in some respects. Uh, I, I quite like it. I think it's it's got some compelling numbers, and that would be my pick between the two. What about you?
0: Uh, it's going to sound silly because it's the one I covered,
1: and I think it would
0: be Salesforce, but that's mainly just because I think it's a much broader business. So Adobe is really cool, but there's a big, big focus on stuff like the advertising industry. So if we're going into potentially tough economic times what a business is going to be focusing on they're going to be focusing on on maximizing their selling efforts yes some of that is marketing don't get me wrong but a lot of it is going to be about focusing on the customers you have servicing them to the highest levels possible so my gut feel is that i think salesforce might be a little bit more defensive than adobe for example but for all my teasing about firefly it is phenomenally powerful and the point is that these US tech companies are just incredibly interesting and they are at the forefront of everything that enterprises are doing. And there's more to life than just Microsoft and Apple. I think that's the point. So, you know, to our listeners, I, I don't know, it would be interesting to know which one you're willing to pick. Tell us, let us know. Let's see, let's, let's circle back on this many years time and see. Uh, see if I beat you by 200 basis points again.
1: Yeah, I think that's where we're got to leave it sticking with our shorter format. Let us know. Hit us up on social media. It's at MagicMarketsPod, at Finance Ghost, and at Muhammad Nala, or go and find us on LinkedIn. We hope you've enjoyed this. And until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao.
0: We thank our sponsor B2IT for making this show possible. B2IT is all about making life easier, one robot at a time. If you hate it, automate it. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment
1: advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.